But you don't know me. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Medusa. I'm your co-host, Tink. And today we have a very special guest. It's Atlanta's own Mary Strawberry. Hi! (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you so much for coming on the show. We are definitely interested to hear your story. We know you as a burlesque dancer, so I definitely want to get into that. What got you onto the path of being a burlesque dancer? Um, I know, talking before we started the show, that you had some crazy stories that got (laughs) you started. So, tell us a little bit about you and what brought here <laughs> uh well i uh am a local theater artist i met medusa at a mutual friends party back in december more accurately she met the drunk medusa <laughs> <laughs> i like drunk medusa yeah. she's a very different person actually <laughs> it was definitely a fun night um you know it was a white elephant party so there was lots of insanity going on and- i didn't really get the memo that like we weren't gonna do trash gifts this time <laughs> And um, so we just got, we went to Goodwill and like we picked up some absolute garbage. I got this like horrible clown statue (laughs) and um, I think it was like a Justin Bieber coffee table book. Oh my God. And like everyone else was actually getting good gifts and I felt so bad because like I walked away with like some tea, a candle and like a Pac-Man glass and it's like... (laughs) Somebody left with this atrocious clown statue. (laughs) You know, that's the magic of White Elephant. You never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. So we learned through Osmosis that you're a local theater artist. Yes. So uh, I have all these crazy stories that just kind of, this is my life. Um, Because I am a full-time theater artist. I do pretty much everything that there is to do in theater. Um, And... I have a degree in performance studies and that kind of led me to start doing the burlesque because it was kind of a coming together of all of the things, you know, I'm fascinated by biomechanics and I've always been obsessed with dancing and, um, it's an excuse to do performance art instead of just traditional dance or theater. Because burlesque ends up being this like multi-genre melting pot in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you see a lot of variations on traditional performance. Like I've even seen that there are sci-fi ones in some places, which yeah. is kind of amazing. The nerdlesque stuff and all that. It's really cool. Um, you know, burlesque has its roots in vaudeville. So the the base definition is of burlesque is parody. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, taking sociopolitical things and putting your commentary on it through performance or, you know, whether that's like the piece that I just did uh, inauguration day about how us artists need to keep creating and keep using our voices through whatever medium we create through or uh, like one of the pieces that I have in the show I'm producing next month uh, is a girl who's fangirling over William Shatner in Star Trek. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, quick question. What is vaudeville? Uh, for someone that doesn't actually understand what that means. It is the classic comedy basically it is the forefather of all the stuff we laugh at now oh okay it's big it's dumb it's ridiculous it's great 
Yes. Basically 19th, 20th century live entertainment. Oh, okay, awesome. A lot of running around, a lot of slapping. Ooh, <laughs> that does sound exciting. Okay. Yeah. So I know, like you said, you had like all these crazy stories that led up to you being a burlesque dancer. So what was like one story that was def- a defining moment for you? <laughs> She's like, damn, you That's really me. broad. <laughs> I know, okay. Well, if there's a way to like not make it so broad. Yeah. Um, okay, how about, do you have a favorite act that you've done recently? Uh, my big act right now, the one that I do most often that I really, I really enjoy it. Um, it's called Squirrelspiration. <laughs> because I have a thing for anthropomorphic acts because fuck gender. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Squirrelspiration is to a white stripe song. And I started out as a, a Stepford wife, basically. And it plays this kind of self-help recording where this woman is down on her luck in, in the worst place in her life and watches a squirrel saving nuts for winter. And she's like, well, if that squirrel can take care of itself, so can I. And uh, then it kind of divulges into this woman finding the inspiration to stop being a robotic this is what society puts women into a box and is like fuck that i'm gonna be a sexy squirrel and this is fun so that is awesome do you like wear like a squirrel costume uh there are pieces that magically appear that turn that turn the character into a squirrel yes oh, oh. include a bushy tail that's the most important part. Yes, oh, it does tail. there is a bushy tail that uh you, you have no idea where it is at the beginning so it just like magically just appears yep <laughs> where are you Magic. hiding it that's the beauty of theater i love this <laughs> i want to like instantly grow a tail yeah right that would be so badass yeah. just get an extra limb i hope it's like a prehensile so you can like crush right. it yeah right. oh my god yes i could definitely use it at work <laughs> okay excellent so often these they'll like follow a narrative or mm-hmm. is that something that you really yeah i feel like uh and this is probably also part of coming from a theater background and I've taken classes with other performers that agree that the most successful acts have a narrative to them. It's not just someone taking their clothes off on stage because, you know, it's hard to get invested in that actually. Right. At first it's like, Ooh, ah, they're naked. But then after a few of that, it's like, okay, so you're all naked now. Do you get like completely naked? Uh, we don't show pink parts is the easiest way to to (laughs) say it. (laughs) That's great. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. God, I, like, how did you get comfortable getting, you know, down to your pink parts and <laughs> feeling comfortable with that? It's, uh, it, there can be a learning curve. Uh, I think that the, the community of friends that I had in college definitely helped get me comfortable with my body and, uh, you know, seeing all these other amazing performers, do the same thing, and it's kind of like a, if they can do it, I can do it. And Ooh, it must feel so empowering to like take your clothes off. Definitely, I love that. And then people clap. They're like, "Yes, you're naked, and it's awesome." Because <laughs> really, like the worst thing about being in public is having to wear pants. So like, <laughs> right? Being able to not only be in public but be on fucking stage and be like, "Nah." 
and yeah. owning that shit That's too. Amazing. I'm pretty sure that I give my neighbors a show every day because I walk in the front door in my work clothes, and then within 15 seconds, as I'm letting my dogs out the back door, I'm no- I don't have pants anymore. <laughs> <laughs> These are my priorities. It's Close the front door, take the pants off, let the dogs out. <laughs> I think that's a great order. Straight up the first thing I do when I get home. It's like no contest. So how long does it take you to, you know, um, structure a show, perform, uh, put it together? How much training does it go into it? Yeah, what is the writing process? Yeah, for, I'm definitely uh, interested routine. in that, you know, writer that's, in me. That uh, can be a complicated question. Um, I have one of the classes I teach is costume based and I talk in that class about how there's kind of three ways that I get inspiration to make a piece Uh, one is I hear a song and I just kind of see it all in my head one is there's um, a theme there's a theme to a show or an event that I have to make an act based around that theme or like an event that happened in the world that I want to talk about through my art and the other is it was just in my head. <laughs> the other is a costume piece that's inspiring. Like mm-hmm. I have a um, robe that was given to me by a legend. Um, and legends are the women that are still alive who were performing in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. it's like it has a lot of meaning to you. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking about you teaching co- like your classes – uh, I know you mentioned you had awkward teaching moments. So, like, what does that actually mean? Uh, well, I haven't had too many in burlesque. Um, this might be a good segue into the, all the other stuff. So I haven't had a whole lot of awkward teaching moments in burlesque, although, you know, some people might say that my classes in themselves are awkward because my, the movement class that I teach is, is combining ballet and clowning. So oh, it's wow, already yeah, it's already kind of weird. So I kind of push people to their edges of their comfort zones in that class and make them be silly while thinking about being graceful or vice versa. So it kind of combines the whole. This is what we're supposed to look like, but this is what we feel like on the inside, and it also helps with improv and things like that. Like if something goes wrong on stage, you trip or your zipper breaks, which happened to me a few days ago. Oh, yes. How do you fix it? How do you smile and keep going? Um, so I've definitely enjoyed seeing people go through a process uh, through that. Uh, but on the other side of my theater career, I often teach. Uh, Grade school kids, college kids, technical theater. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of part of my day job. So I was working at a private school as... How sheltered are we talking with a private school? You know, it was one of the more liberal ones in town, luckily. didn't didn't know they had those. Right. There's two or three. Um, So I was working as their set designer, technical director, whatever... Um, combination of things teaching middle and high schoolers so I was teaching these kids um, how to build and paint sets and all that and um, I had gotten the job through a friend from college and so she knew that I danced and all that and when the director (laughs) introduced me to the students she was like this is blah 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 and she does blah 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 and she's gonna do blah blah and she's a dancer and I'm like fuck 
Now they're going to ask questions that I can't answer. <laughs> now, did she know the type of dancing you're involved with? or was I'm this... not sure. She was a little bit oblivious about certain things. So it was a little bit of a bless, my, bless your heart moment, but it was also like, oh, shit, now I have to make, make up lies to these she kids. She accidentally like, pimped you like in an improv. <laughs> right. <laughs> So every once in a while, it didn't happen frequently, thank God, but every once in a while, a student would be like, oh, what kind of dance do you do? What what, sh- what show are you doing tonight that your hair's all up in curlers? And I'm like, modern. <laughs> so we're going to build this thing now. <laughs> modern. Blanket oh, answer. That is awesome. Um, so you say you teach classes. Are you, how would someone sign up for these classes? Like, do you do that, you know, privately? Regularly. Um, yeah. I mostly teach at conventions right now. I'm teaching at the Great Burlexpo in Boston next month and performing, and they just asked me to do a panel and all kinds of stuff. Anyway. um, We'll definitely put this in the show notes for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, So I I don't have anything locally right now because they're workshops. They're not series classes. But I've been talking with the people at Atlanta School of Burlesque to try to get – my workshop's done there at some time, at some point in time. So if you want to take my classes, you should email them and say, hey, Mary has these real cool classes that I want to take. <laughs> Can we, like, <laughs> get that started, please? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I always was curious about, like, burlesque, and I think it's because of, God, I'm going to mess up her name, Tessa, Tisa. Uh, you, you're thinking of Vita Von... Dita Von Teese? Yes. There we go. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I find her extremely intriguing. Yes. There were a lot of Ds and Vs, and we just, like, yes. threw them yes. around. Like, oh, I was my almost, God. I was almost like, Kisa Von Teese from Knoxville? She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, so that's, oh, my gosh. I would totally love to take one of your classes. That'd be cool. All right. But we we were talking about, like, the sort of elements that go into what is your current performing persona and clowning did definitely come up. Yes. So how did you really become a clown, so to speak? <laughs> clown. I'm yeah. actually really afraid of clowns. Oh. I'm so sorry, but you can definitely keep talking about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't wear clown face today. Ooh, me it's too. usually, it's usually kind of subtle. I can show you. A do you often of a do subtle... just like a oh, casual yeah, clown face? Yeah, I, I did it for the March yesterday. I had Ooh. like very basic clown cause I didn't want to sweat it all off, you know, right. or rain off. <laughs> um, it is a striking new look. Why, thank you. I had no idea there was subtle clown. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a weird perfume. <laughs> subtle clown. It's more like the like Frenchy look to it than yeah, you know. oh. uh, almost mime like. Okay. Yeah, okay. less Pennywise. More so weird. Mime. I can actually deal with mimes, but not hmm. clowns, and it's okay. kind of like aren't they like on the same like? They're in the same school of thought. Okay. Um. And there's lots of different kinds of clown. You're probably thinking of the traditional white face clown. And usually the reason I'm, I'm going to get all like science nerd, clown nerd up in here. Uh, uh, <laughs> <clown> nerd. <laughs> usually people are afraid of the stereotypical American white face clown because the um, over exaggeration of makeup hides both their real face and their real expression. Okay. So it's it's like you have this shield up, this mask on, and I'm not sure how to interact with real person, and I'm not sure who's behind that mask. It's got a bit of the uncanny valley going on because yeah. the, they're 
almost human, but not quite. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Plus, I'm sure a lot of people were traumatized by it. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh Stephen throwing, King. He's throwing up in my mouth. <laughs> I'm so afraid. But yeah, yeah. Don't show your children horror movies, people. Yeah. Right? No, not a good idea. So yeah, how did you get like interested in clowning? Clown? Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of something that's always been there. It's something I've always enjoyed. You know, I've always enjoyed going to the circus. I started taking clowning classes when I was knee high to a grasshopper mm-hmm. at summer camp. Uh, my first clown name was Bubba. Why? <laughs> it's great because you just go straight for subversion. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm six years old. My name is Bubba. You just Did you use that voice? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Just instantly fucking gender up. Right. That's what I'm all about. Yes. So even as a small child, I was like, what are gender norms? I thought that drag queens were the most normal thing in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of been one of these things that has always been in my life. I, I forgot about it for a while because uh, I was kind of in a dark place in my late teen years, as everyone is. <laughs> um, and then actually, of all things, the death of Robin Williams is what kind of shocked me back and was like, this is a thing that is missing in my life. Hmm. Um, that was kind of devastating to me because, you know, being someone who grew up watching him and he looks a lot like my father and things like that. So it was kind of traumatizing and it it took me like a year to be able to watch any of his movies again. But I was like, that's one of my clown mentors kind of. And so I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It did like him in Patch Adams. Exactly. Yeah. Because it seems like um, the stuff in your career all has a comedic bent and yeah. you actually went straight for the throat when it comes to learning comedy <laughs> in the purest possible form. Yeah. But like, what's that evolution like? Just starting off of that and then like growing as a clown, so to speak? <laughs> Clown oh, growth. <laughs> it's, you know, I feel <laughs> oddly... like a horrible disease. <laughs> Yeah, I got this clown growth. It's just like so gross. My nose just keeps getting bigger. (laughs) It keeps like this weird little. It's a boil, but it's got like a little clown face. I should have brought my squeaky boobs today. You have squeaky squeaky boobs. When do you use squeaky boobs? Whenever. You just like on like I imagine that's like not hard to incorporate into stuff. Actually, yeah, it's really fun to to wear them at conventions and stuff. Like I do a show in Vegas every summer, (gasps) Burlesque Hall of Fame weekender. Yeah, it's really fun to like walk through the casino by all the normals and squeak one of my boobs and they're just like, what just happened? I don't understand life. <laughs> I want to like get someone to sit on Marta and just right. be like. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's That's a new flirting fun. technique. You just like give somebody the eye and then honk a boob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you want this. sometimes a friend will ask for consent to squeak my boobs and and then and then I get great joy and satisfaction out of they're like I can't figure out how it works and then they're just kind of molesting me with consent <laughs> and it's really fun yes like, you can't molest the willing like, yeah so, oh god here's the segue uh <laughs> yeah I told um. so I actually um have kind of a clown family which uh, developed over time, and it also has to do with the Vegas show. And uh, it's kind of this network of other 
we like to call ourselves stripper clowns. <laughs> <laughs> the whole burlesque clown That'd be a great though. documentary. Right? <laughs> stripper clowns to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> So I have this great family that's just kind of spread out all over North America. And um, we're all, you know, sometimes different types of clowns and all that. And we get together at these conventions. And um, the, for the last three years, every year in Vegas, two of us have gotten married. So my clown wife is Maggie McMuffin from Seattle. And we're like going on a clowny moon in Sydney this <laughs> summer. Oh, my God. Oh, you're going to Sydney? Yeah. Sorry, I'm like a chronic <laughs> wonderless. So when I hear people travel, I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to go there and perform and all that. It's only $12 for a three-month busking license in Sydney. I was like, sold! What? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That is badass. Yeah. So Clowny your- moon, though. <laughs> that was great. great. Um, <laughs> you- so what does clown marriage entail? <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a wedding like that. Right? Oh, ours was great. And there was, like, so many more people than we expected to be. Usually it's just our little community. But this year there was, like, 20 or 30 people watching. And we're like, oh, so apparently this is a thing that's rumored to happen every year now. Oh and we have an audience. <laughs> Do you guys file our taxes together? <laughs> right. Yeah. So <laughs> Only the clown we, uh, taxes. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is we got married by um, one of the – MCs in the community or stage managers that he's actually ordained and so someone was like oh shit you guys might actually be married like, fuck. <laughs> I have expertise on this you actually do have to like fill out some paperwork yeah. you, I can't I'm ordained but I can't just like be like what's up y'all are married now yeah he did say you are unlawfully wedded there okay. we go so you got that beautiful right there yes, you got yeah. that loophole right there yeah. now okay. it's like a wedding crime right Ooh. yeah it was super cute that we we got married going up the escalator and then we like came back down as a couple. It was very cute. Please tell me there's video of this because uh, I'm absolutely... sure th- I know there's at least pictures. I don't okay. know if there's oh, actual video. But, yeah. We may throw those up in the show notes. Ah. <laughs> Freaking sweet. So you yes. talk about Sydney. What other places have you traveled to? Everywhere. Um, I. Uh, spent a month going all over Europe a couple years ago. Which... And these were with um, your fellow clowns, right? Uh, no, this was just by myself. Oh, I gotcha. Um, yeah, I it kind of escalated really quickly because I was going to Prague for a conference mm-hmm. and then my sister was like, it's my birthday. I want to go to London. I was like, well, I'll already be in Europe, so I might as well meet you there. And then it just kind of ballooned from there and I ended up going to, I think, eight or nine countries oh, in a month. Awesome. Yeah. So um, in Prague, I went to this co- this set design and performance art conference that I've been trying to get to for eight years. And I was like, I'm going this year. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Eight years. So I just went by myself. I was like, screw the school group thing. Screw trying to find other people. I'm just going to go. And um, it was magical. Um, I spent, it was, I think it was just over a week there watching crazy performance art some of my favorite pieces were from Taipei actually which I'm actually trying to get there for a similar conference this summer um different regions have like different ideas about set design yeah it's really interesting because there were you know displays of design set designs there were displays of costume designs and then there was a bunch of different kinds of street performance um I got to see a clowning group from Prague there um 
So it's, it was just really cool to see the different cultural influences. How do European clowns compare to American clowns? <laughs> it was, um, well, I didn't, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but you know, a lot of clowning is based off of, um, it's physical comedy. Yeah, right? it's it's physical comedy. It's it's body language. Uh, so they were doing very much more of the um, traditional commedia style, mm-hmm. which is uh, we're going to tell a story through movement instead of, um, you know, like a party clown who does a little bit of slapstick and then makes balloon animals. <laughs> not that that's um, not a very wonderful portion of the community. <laughs> um yeah, We're not so, gonna have clown racism on the air, right? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. All clowns are equal and wonderful, and I love you all. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they didn't wear face. They kind of had very, very basic costumes, so it didn't detract from the storylines. There was a lot of interaction with the audience, and um, you know, it's it's very much it's almost like a combination of clown and mime in a way to Mm. try to describe it because it's uh you know they're they're clowns they're being clowns they're telling this story but they're being so physical about it but while also vocalizing which i mean i don't speak enough czech to have known what they were saying they may have also been speaking gibberish (laughs) which is also a common clown thing because it helps you, you get the intonation without having to focus on the dialogue. Right. Uh, that makes a lot of yeah. sense, actually. Yeah. So, so you really get to focus on the physical aspect of it, and the the intonation um, of their voices just kind of helps with the emotional side of the story. And there is something like inherently funny about gibberish when it comes down yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that sounds like it could be something, but it's not. And. It you know kind of releases the 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 tension the obligation of um, sp- uh, the boxed in understanding. Um, I remember somebody saying something about comedy where like the purest and best form is someone acting like something is gravely serious when it's just something stupid. Yeah, is that sort of? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the basic principles of clowning is, um, and one of the ways that I start my class is that you you have a task, and it could be something very simple, but you never do it like, oh, my shoe's untied, I'm going to tie my shoe. Right. You have to find all these different avenues, because that's what makes it interesting. Um, or like, the flowers are wilting, just pour more water in them, and instead of like having a funeral for this bouquet of flowers <laughs> that is wilting and passing, you know, put it in a hospital bed with a heart monitor or something. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. That's intense. Yeah. Uh, since we are talking about clowns, so you went on a road trip with your clown family? Yes. Uh, so last summer... Uh, we decided to go to Vegas a few days early and take a road trip up to the Clown Motel in Tonopa, which is four hours north of Vegas in the middle of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> what the um, heck? They have a clown hotel? Yeah, it's um kind of... I guess affectionately known in internet communities as the creepy clown motel. Yeah. Is it, is it ran by clowns or? Is it, it just it... has hundreds of clowns in it and it's right next door to a hundred year old graveyard. <laughs> and it's, you know, in this little mining town that's in the middle of nowhere in the desert. 
Uh, it, you know, once we like got there, clown mecca, <laughs> right? It kind of. That's what we looked at it as. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, and you know, I've had other clown friends be like, "I want to go there too." <laughs> god, so, are the rooms themed? Uh, they they actually were pretty mild. There were like clown portraits above the beds, but that was about it. Other than that, it was kind of a normal motel room. Okay. But the, I it's just the lobby that goes so ham. Yeah, the the lobby is completely covered in clowns. <sighs> the sign has it and all that. Is there and a all the clown. All the yeah, all the room numbers have um are are on clowns and they said that they're making a clown suite right now as well. So we're going to have to go back for that. Oh my god. God. Does it have like a small jacuzzi? Right. <laughs> you all try to fit into it. We all uh, magically pop out of it. And clown stereotypes. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm sorry. I broke my promise. There is clown racism on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so you went to this clown motel, and then where did you go next after that? Uh, that was pretty much the goal was to go to the clown motel um, just as a quote unquote family uh so we we drove all the way out there and on the way we st- we made some fun stops like we found uh so <laughs> there there were two carfuls of us oh my God. because unfortunately we couldn't find a magical clown car for- <laughs> 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 right so at that point i was the second car and we're driving along and all of a sudden i f- see the front car go and pull into this parking lot on the side of the road and I'm like what's happening and then we look at the sign and we're like oh my god it's the area 51 brothel and diner what and they give tours what is this <laughs> I feel like I don't know anything what can is you this? get some like hot alien whores or something yeah there's like an, a, a, an abduction fantasy room and all this wait we have brothels in the United States yeah they're legal Sorry, in Nevada <laughs> in towns with with below a certain population what is this brothel called again? <laughs> it was the Area 51 cat house. Uh, and Please they give tell me you did the abduction fantasy. <laughs> we only took a tour. Oh. Uh, you know, we had somewhere to, to get to and we didn't have that long of a stop. But um, I definitely like I bought a coffee mug that says hump a bunny on it. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I really enjoy making people drink out of that at my house. Either that or uh, I got a hand-me-down mug from my aunt that's this um, panoramic of bears fucking. <laughs> and I like to be like, oh, you want some tea? <laughs> and wait for them to please, see what it is. <laughs> please send us a picture of this. You get along so with cool. one of my best friends. He loves that kind of stuff. He has like a Christmas sweater with three reindeers fucking. And it's nice. just like. Am I supposed to? Why can't I not look away? Right. <laughs> it's like a train wreck. There's something that's like really intense about the way animals fuck. <laughs> How did we get yeah. off this again? So animalistic, <laughs> what might you say? There we go. Oh, God. Anyway, so yeah, we went to the Clown Motel to have the experience, but also to film a trailer for a fake movie. Huh. Uh, I think it's called Clown Evil. It's on YouTube. He is a. Philly performer. Okay. Mm. I think. Yeah. So we made this um like fake trailer for this movie about evil clowns. And so we used some footage from there and we like set off fireworks and pop champagne in the uh parking lot and just had a raucous good time and then drove back for the conference the next day. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh gosh. Do you have like a favorite like memory from that road trip like that will Ooh. always stick with you? 
kind of the whole thing. The whole thing, yeah. yeah. I can definitely see that. I mean, it sounds like it's just a pretty intense affair to begin with. Yeah. Like, who has yeah. a clown family and goes on a clown trip? Right. At a clown hotel. Right. Just clowns everywhere. I think it was the year before we actually fit like seven of us in a jacuzzi tub. <laughs> the stereotypes are true. Right. <laughs> so I guess I'm not clown racist. Right. <laughs> um, okay, but anyway, yes. we were actually in the middle of talking about the experience in Prague. But everything is so exciting. Yay! It really is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Prague. Uh I had these amazing experiences in Prague uh that just, you know, in the the atmosphere of being around all these international performance artists. It was just so great. I was jazzed the whole time I was there. And um, some of my favorite experiences um, have to do with finding vodka in weird places. <laughs> was it allowed at the convention or were you like, Oh, yeah. Well, there was actually... So uh, Damu, the, the arts university mm-hmm. there, was part of the hosting team and there's actually a bar inside of the university building. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. Oh, and wow. beer is cheaper than water there. Actually, <laughs> the deposit on the Amazing. cup that they put the beer in was more expensive than the beer itself. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Cause you are straight up in Prague. Yeah. Yeah. So a beer was like a buck and then water was like a buck 50. My broke ass <laughs> can go to Prague and survive. Oh my God. It's so cheap to be in Prague <laughs> oh and the food God. is good. <laughs> oh my god yeah so you were fighting vodka and you were yeah in spas- yeah so i drank beer a lot and then um this one night i ended up hanging out with a group from unc Asheville, and their they professor, were a long way from home too right yeah their professor um was from ukraine and he decided that he had to have uh borscht so we went on this borscht? borscht is a Russian dish. It's basically beet soup. Um, so it's really good. There's summer borscht and winter borscht. And since it was summer, we had summer borscht. So it's like beets and dill and you sour really cream. You feel the borscht. It's, like it's delicious. Is it vegetarian intense. friendly? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to try some borscht. Yeah. Russians love beets. Yeah. I love beets. I love beets. <laughs> yeah, beets are pretty bomb. You can like straight up get beet chips now. Oh, wow. Beet juice too. I heard that's pretty awesome. And they sell that at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Makes you feel nice too. Yeah. Beets, like beets are just good. Beets. Yeah. Beets are delicious. I love this. Uh, makes me think of that old cartoon the Doug. Doug. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of the same thing. Was the, the tofu song. Yeah. Oh, we killer tofu. It's going to be stuck in my head for right. all day. <laughs> Anyway, so we went on this crazy crusade for borscht for this guy and, uh, you know, like taking the train all over the city, trying to ask people like, is there a Russian restaurant nearby? So we finally find one and it's kind of in the basement of this building because, you know, in Europe, things are in weird locations because they try to optimize the space in all these ancient buildings. And we go in and like he orders borscht and pelmeni and vodka for us in Russian. And we're, you know, having fun talking. And we look over and there's like this glass wall that occasionally opens up and, and a man in a suit goes in or comes out. And we're like, we're just not going to ask questions. Holy shit. <laughs> so... So may or may not have been within 10 feet of the Russian mob. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> was anybody wearing like a tracksuit nearby? <laughs> right. <laughs> Stereotypes no, but, again. <laughs> right. The the food was delicious though, and it was a great experience. And I'm actually still friends with at least one of the people from that group. Um, were there any like tricks that you picked up while you were there? Because usually with those like artistic conferences, especially when it's <laughs> outside of your usual area, yeah, you'll learn something that you would not have gotten like in America. Yeah, I mean, it definitely influenced um, the way that I think and the way that I see things. Um, uh, I really enjoyed a lot of the costume pieces mm. that were kind of exaggerations of um, or like industrial um, meets human where oh, it's yeah. barely recognizable as a living body. There was this one um, performance. Th so there was a series of performances that travel around the city and you follow them. Mm -hmm. And one of them was they had these suits that were completely covered in rubber bands. Huh. So they kind of looked like rubber ghillie suits. It was really interesting to watch them move. And, uh, you know, through following those performances, I hopped the train several times. But, you know, I'm sure they expected that because that was part of that performance track was, you know, you go down this street and then you cross the river and then you jump on the train for a stop. That's and awesome. That's a really interesting idea for like a performance <laughs> space, though. Like, yeah. you have to fucking follow them. Yeah. The first time I followed one of those, I was like, but I want to be right and polite and put my money in the thing. But I just don't want to lose the performance and I don't know what's good. I'm just going to jump it. <laughs> I'm just going to jump it. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I just lost it. Sorry. They, yeah. they force you to break the law. Right. Follow the narrative. Breaking law for the art. How committed are you to your art? <laughs> um, so I'm still stuck on the vodka thing. What yes. was the weirdest spot you found uh, vodka in? So it was the last day of the conference. Okay. And I'm trying really hard not to just start sobbing because it's over. Um, so I'm in one of the uh, art installations and it's like um, this bubble kind of thing that's about the size of this room. And it's kind of like a giant... Uh, bean bag and there's a head at the top and it kind of breathes in spots and you're supposed to like crawl up on it and just lounge on it. It's really interesting. Uh, and the the wall outside of the wall outside of that room breathed as well. Like some uh, a lung had busted the oh. the um, plaster. It was really cool. So I'm laying there and they're like, okay, the conference is over. Everybody start cleaning up. And I'm like, I don't want to. And, um, Aww, like a little kid. Right? <laughs> and so I start to leave that room and I'm like, that I, there's a little cubby hole on this hall that I haven't been in yet. And I wonder what's there. It kind of looked like it, it was just kind of set back and it kind of looked like it was just a broom closet or something. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to check it out because I'm here. Why not? Yeah. So I open the door and I shit you not, it's the size of a broom closet and it's a full bar. What? what? Yes. Like with a loft, wood paneled, there's a payphone on the wall, there's an actual <laughs> bar with like bottles of... It's like a speakeasy kind of? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And and there's these Austrian guys sitting in there that I like, come in, have some drinks. <laughs> like this on the house? Because I'm totally in. <laughs> found right. the secret shop. Yes. It was so cool. So I sit down and I'm listening to these conversations about like gay sex in Austria <laughs> uh. and, and like this string comes down from the loft with a, uh, a American dollar tied into it and it shuffles down from the loft 
And the the bartender pulls the dollar out and then puts a shot of vodka on the string and it goes back up. <laughs> that is so badass. <laughs> like there was God. someone hiding in the loft drink like in, introvert drinking. Oh my God, I need a bar for introvert <laughs> Right, right. And at one point, someone from the conference knocks on the door and they're like, hey, want to make sure you guys are cleaning up? And they're like, yep, yep, lock. <laughs> so I'm now like trapped in this closet bar with these Austrians <laughs> drinking crazy. vodka. And vodka going up in, on a string. Right. And I'm like, it's not over to the fat ladies thing. I'm still in Prague drinking with other people in and a closet. Just, yes. It was oh, like, that doesn't happen in real life. I mean, except for mine, of course, because performance art and craziness. But oh, I feel like I went to school for like the wrong ceiling thing. Ceiling booze right? just seems like ceiling, it's a cartoon yes, thing. It's ceiling like booze. Really- <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, we need to create more opportunities to like drink in closets or <laughs> make pelmeni and <laughs> with with uh, crazy Ukrainians. It's just so much fun. It's freaking crazy. Yeah. So that's awesome. I wish I could find alcohol in a closet. <laughs> Just like a secret bar. Yeah. Now, like, I'm going to be on the lookout in every building I go in. Like, right. is there, up the is utility there a closet. bar here? Excuse me, ma'am. Why are you looking in our broom closet? Look I was booze. looking for more booze. <laughs> Don't have a problem. <laughs> and I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There are a few speakeasies in Atlanta. Yeah. Really? So, yeah, there is one that... Uh, my best friend went to her birthday mm-hmm. and where you have to like go to different bars and you have to find the code and then you find the phone booth and you type it in and it oh, opens yeah. up and it's like this really tiny speakeasy. It's yeah. Really expensive. And then a Taco Mac has a speakeasy in Sandy Springs. Wow. I went to it. It is awesome. I haven't been to that. So that cool. nice. Yeah. Well, it's in Sandy Springs and you have to have like a, you, the, you know, they have that university card. Yeah. You use that, you go downstairs and then you have to like press a button, like a red light comes on and then you open it up and it's like, oh, fucking speakeasy. I'm oh like, God, okay, t- Taco Mac, I see you. <laughs> Taco Mac cheat code. That's yes, awesome. It was awesome. Finding a secret There's in also, a video game, except it's real life. Right. There's also one in uh, behind a bookcase on Edgewood. What? In the the pizza pizzeria Vesuvius, the bookcase is a door. What? Man, we're like blowing <laughs> some people's covers right now. Right. Oh my gosh. The, it's, I mean, it's a whole business How do you, like, it's called job the job interview for right? speakeasy though. Like <laughs> magic. <laughs> you just like I randomly found this door and I need. Will a Will you have days where people just don't find you? Right. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm interested. You also mentioned something about. Tempest bit battle? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Evil laugh. <laughs> oh so, my god, you're so diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was right out of college when I was like, what do our no longer in school phase? That's uh, me right now. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Right? <laughs> like, oh god, what is life? Such an odd <laughs> transition. I yeah. always thought I was like, hmm. I don't yeah. have to take tests anymore. Yeah. So I uh, got into this show. Um, I was playing Ariel in The Tempest, Shakespeare's Tempest. Classic. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, um, there's the main character, Prospero, and then he has this spirit slave character 
um, named Ariel that kind of has to do his bidding and all that. This so. is Shakespeare's weirdest ones, just for everybody's information. Prospero is definitely a wizard, like straight <laughs> up. Oh, really? It's very, yeah. it's very magic-y. Um, <laughs> this is just sort of like his last hurrah being like, I'm done with playwriting now. <laughs> I am like I love Shakespeare. I just never got into the. T- I've never read The Tempest. Okay, yeah, it's a good one. Um, it's it's one of the comedies. Not that it's funny necessarily, but nobody it's, dies. Yeah, not everybody dies. <laughs> that's gotcha. that's the delineation. It's not as tragic. Yeah, tragedy. Everybody dies. Comedy. Everybody gets married. Gotcha. That's the delineation. Like, technically, like <laughs> Titus Andronicus is kind of funnier than The Tempest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a tragedy. It can be at least. Oh my God! I saw a clown troop do Titus. Oh once. my God! That is it was. Perfect. Really good. <laughs> That's actually fun fact. That is my favorite Shakespeare play, oh. just because it is so fucking big and dumb. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what they called it, but I want to call it Cl- Titus Clowndronicus in my head. <laughs> oh, I like how they played on words with that, right? It was really good. It was at Shakespeare Tavern, so it was a local production. I really want to go there. Yeah. Oh my it's awesome. god. I want to see Midsummer's Night Dream. Of course, that's my yes. favorite because it's got fairies. Yes, <laughs> we're doing. We're actually doing a, a late night burlesque show there in March called Ooh. Sex Ed Burlesque. Oh, that's fun! Oh. I think it's March 18th. Yeah, guys, definitely <laughs> check out our uh, our notes. Yeah, a bunch of stuff there. I just keep dropping truth bombs because sell- artists are self promoting whores. Hey, <laughs> if you can't sell yourself, then what's the point? Exactly. By the way, we have shirts in the store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And I'm sorry, so the, this is called, yes. the show is Sex Education or Sex Ed? Sex Ed Burlesque. Burlesque. And this is at the Tavern as well? Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, I'm March 18th. Yes, it's going to be real good. This is our second year doing it. YDKM, we're going out. Yes. Um, so, Tempest. Spitting. Yes. Spitting Tempest. Like, the Tempest wins. Where, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Was this integrated into the show, or was this just a thing that happened? It was kind of a backstage thing, except it was on stage. Oh, no. Uh, so we would do these things called speed throughs, because um, we were only playing like Thursday through Saturday or something right. like that. So on Wednesday, we would do a speed through to make sure everyone remembered their lines. Um, Sometimes we call them Italian runs. Right. And... Um, so near the end of the show, there's a moment where Prospero releases Ariel from her or his, depending on the interpretation, mm-hmm. uh, bondage of servitude. And it's kind of this really sweet moment. And because I, as Ariel, was made out of the elements, he could never actually touch me. So mm-hmm. he just kind of sweeps his hand lovingly near my face. Um, and so during the first speed through... We kind of turned it into this moment of kiss chicken, <laughs> and and uh, I turned away at the last moment. And for like the next two days, he's like, "I can't believe you chickened out." Blah, blah. So the next week, we'd go to do this again. We have this moment, and then um, we start to do the the kiss chicken again. And I grab his face and lick it from oh nose god. to forehead and he's like oh, oh 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 god why for the record licking a face on stage is like <laughs> it's a very striking gesture right highly recommend you just integrate it into any show you're doing yes so i mean at this point it was there was no audience because these were just the speed throughs fast forward a week or two to closing and, um, you know, everything's going fine. And and there's a moment just before that 
where, you know, everybody's doing soliloquies and this and that. And um, we have a moment and then turn up state, turn and walk up stage so that someone else can have a soliloquy. And when we get up stage, he's supposed to do the, the ethereal face sweep mm-hmm. again. And he walked behind me to get to the platform. So I did not see him shove his finger in his mouth oh, while wow. we're walking no. up stage. And we get there and he grabs my face oh, wet and willy wet willies me. Ooh, <laughs> I would be pissed. And I'm like, we have an audience and I can't react. <laughs> They're, they're the fucking worst. <laughs> so I have to play the rest of the scene with spit in my ear. Oh, gross. <laughs> and we're at, this is an outdoor performance, so like the wind is like making it oh, worse. No. <laughs> So that may be like the worst the show must go on is right? heard of. <laughs> like, I'm a real actor now. Oh, actually, we did have somebody like fall the fuck down some stairs <laughs> oh, under no. one of our shows once. Oh, oh that is rough. He was, um, it was pretty rough, but he was a champion and like still kept going. Yeah, that's awesome. So when we finally get off stage, uh, it might have even been the end of the show. I'm like, well played, sir. Well played. I deserved that. I'm not even mad. <laughs> Oh man, have you ever like had like a really embarrassing moment on stage, like where it's just like fuck, <laughs> besides the spit in your ear? Oh, I'm sure. You know, every once in a while, I have a ca- costume malfunction when I'm dancing, uh, and you know, I have to play it off. I've almost fallen over my heels. Um, when oh. I was probably ten years old. Uh, I was rehearsing for, I want to say it was Beauty and the Beast. It might have been Babes in Toyland, something like that. Um, Some kids show. Yeah, one of the kids shows that I did um, at a really amazing children's theater that um, has changed names and locations since then, so I can't promote them. It's all good. I'm sorry. (laughs) Also, you may not want to promote a kid's show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not child appropriate. (laughs) I don't know why they keep making me teach children. (laughs) So you dance modern, remember? Right, I'm a modern dancer. Um, So (laughs) I was waiting for a scene or something and decided to like lean back against the wall while I was waiting, but it wasn't a wall. It was a curtain. Fuck. So I fell into the front row and almost took a speaker stand with me. Oh, no. (laughs) Were you okay? Well, yeah. I mean, 10-year-olds are made out of rubber. Oh, that's true. Uh, Yeah, I'm thinking, I forgot we were talking about the 10-year-old version of Mary Strawberry. (laughs) If it was now, I'd be like, I'm going to the chiropractor and then to Jeju. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If I ever, like, fell on stage, I would just, like, sprawl out, like... This is how it's supposed to be. Right. Ta-da! Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I've never, like, had an onstage injury or anything. Yeah. I'm probably we, the clumsiest. We've been around for them, but. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. the clumsiest burlesque or ballet dancer that you'll ever meet. And so whenever I kick something or bump into something, I'm like, I found it. It's there. <laughs> that's just my way of being like, yep, I fucked up and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And with, like, solo stuff, it's a little harder for someone to cover for you because you are the person. Yeah. Well, you know, in a way, I feel like solo is easier to cover up mistakes because if you're doing group or duet choreography, oh, the I other person yeah, is depending on you. Anybody else off rails. Yeah. So, like, if this sleeve doesn't come off, I'll just dance to the other side of the stage and take <laughs> it off there. <laughs> it's like, imagine you do like, <laughs> a SpongeBob dance. 
You would like how I get through. Cr- if there's a crowded room and I want to be on the other side of it, I just go. Whoop, 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 oh, you Zoyborg it. Yes. yes. <laughs> and no one can be mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's too crab funny walk. and disarming. <laughs> like, why is there a crab person pushing back? Oh, it's done already. <laughs> they just keep it moving. Yeah, it's like the squeaky boobs in the casino. <laughs> Fun. Squeaky you boob. should do like a crab themed. Yeah, that's my next anthropomorphic thing. <laughs> oh, you would definitely love that Medusa with your little crab bag that you have. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I like sea creatures. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite? I know you were talking about legends earlier on. Mm. Do you have a favorite like legend? Was it the? <gasps> oh my god, I really enjoy developing relationships with them and and learning from them. I've I've uh, personally gotten to know many. Um, there's one that I kind of consider like a grandmother to me i wish i spoke to her and saw her more frequently but she lives way up in chicago her name is tony elling and she was best friends with duke ellington are you serious (laughs) yeah i'm sorry what was her name again tony Tony elling she's amazing she came out of retirement when she was like 83 (laughs) oh wow yeah amazing amazing person her heart just fills up the room uh, the the robe that I was gifted was from Delilah Jones, who was originally from Germany, um, and I took her class the first time I went to Behoff, which is the Vegas convention, um, and that inspired me to make my kind of only truly classic mm-hmm. act. Um, so whenever I do that act, uh, I always make sure that the MC says it was inspired by Delilah Jones. Aww. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That um your online presence I did do some lurking. Seems like you're known for a Bigfoot based routine. <laughs> are you the um are you the premier cryptid dancer? You know, um I wish I could say that. I've heard that there is a girl in the Pacific Northwest that also has a Bigfoot number. Um, But definitely the person in the Southeast. And I recently found out that there is a Bigfoot museum in North Georgia. And I'm like, I have to go there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was. um, And that's actually a really fun one to talk about because it started out as this just kind of goofy, almost throwaway number that I was like, this is fun. I think this is a fun character. And I love this song. It's um, to Joan Jett's cover of Wooly Bully. And that Ooh. song always, you know, reminds me of wa- watching the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie growing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, this is just a fun number. And um, as I've performed it, it's kind of become this social justice piece unintentionally yeah so I've had women tell me you know thank you for doing this piece because it makes me feel more comfortable with wanting to have body hair you know naturally occurring body hair and um I've had men be like it was really hot until I saw the beard and I'm like cool question your sexuality that's okay (laughs) (laughs) it's like yes I can I can hump the air and have boobs and a beard and it's okay and it's fun that's beautiful (laughs) that is awesome thanks (laughs) I actually uh, know of a I don't know her personally but okay so I'm originally from Cape Cod and we Provincetown there is a bearded lady like legit full grown beard. Yeah. Nicest woman ever. And she does some bomb ass piercings. Nice. Side note. There's something that's like just any normalization of body stuff when it comes Mm -hmm. to us. Like it helps so much. Yeah. Like it's a, 
kind of silly example, but I was watching like Broad City the other day and just like one of them was talking about having back knee. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gross. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I happen to have back knee. Oh, look, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I love how empowering it is. Like the female form. Mm -hmm. Are there male burlesque dancers? Yes. <gasps> They're generally called boylesque. Ooh. Do we have any in Atlanta or? Uh, yes. Um, there's a few here. Um, I actually um, have one that's going to be in my show next month. Marion Friends Love is Love. Um, he's probably one of the top performers. Uh, he's actually from Athens. His name is Diego Wolf. Um, so Diego Wolf is a really amazing boylesque performer. He's also a trans man. Um, very out about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of part of his performance. Like I would at, love to talk to yeah, him. Yeah. At last year's Sex Ad Burlesque, he, his number was about transitioning. Oh, wow. That's um, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd like love it. to see that. Yeah. I think that... Um, so he's going to be doing two acts in my show next month, and that's going to be uh, kind of a, a... What's the word? A journey. <laughs> um, through that whole thing so i'm excited to see what goes with that i love non-binary folks sort of like mm -hmm. off they can occupy whichever space they want when it comes to this uh it kind of depends on the um producer sometimes right. like there's a lot of shows where anybody is welcome there's a show where only male presenting people can be in it so uh the pr producer only allows cis and trans men and gen and um people who perform exclusively as drag kings okay gotcha so like i my uh male if you characters, mask yeah it it's kind of like a exclusively masculine things but my my show is you have to be uh in the lgbt community Ooh. so um and when is that going on that is february 10th at the red light cafe and what time doors at eight show at nine uh, tickets are on sale online. There's a Facebook event and it's on the Red Light Cafe website. Uh, you can also buy tickets at the door, but they're a little bit cheaper if you buy them in advance. And don't worry, we'll have all this in our show notes. So make sure, again, check it out. I keep plugging it in. So definitely do that. Yeah. That sounds exciting. I want to yeah. go. It's going to be a meaty blog post. <laughs> oh, when this yeah. Goes out. I have like a list of awesome stuff that I want to definitely put into oh. the show notes. Fun fact, so. you might see us there. Yay. Oh, no, you're definitely going to see yeah. at least a few of us there. So. Awesome. Heck yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, for somebody like that really wants to get into burlesque, any tips, any advice? Uh, definitely come see shows, get to know the art form, get to know the people. There's a lot of wonderful books and documentaries on the subject there are classes that you can take. There's a school here in town within Metropolitan Studios that you can just take regular dance classes or you can do a performance track. A lot of people who do the performance track, it's, you know, there's no obligation to continue actually being a performer. A lot of people just want the experience and yeah. they do the grad show and they're like, yay, I did it. Next. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's really um, a profession. Yeah. Burlesque is, is definitely a profession for some of us. Um, I'm trying not to get on my soapbox right now about equal pay and things like that. Do it out. Do <laughs> it That's out. what we're here for. Soapbox. <laughs> um, there, uh, the arts community has can has some corners where it can be difficult for 
the professional artists to get paid what they're worth mm -hmm. because um, hobbyists or expectations um, are lowered because people are willing to do things for experience or exposure mm -hmm. instead of getting allowing the professional artists or even themselves sometimes to get paid what they're worth because this is an actual job that has taken years of training yeah. and experience. And we put a lot of time and money and effort and into it. And our bodies are on the line and sometimes our names, because a lot of people have um, day jobs that could be affected by being outed as a burlesque performer. Right. Uh, does burlesque still have, like, does it have a negative connotation? Because it does seem people. to mostly be in now, right? It's definitely a fad right now, hmm. uh, but a lot of people attribute it to stripping, stripping, uh, uh, which it's kind of like borderline sex work, which is a whole another controversial topic. There was a whole war. Uh, well, I don't want to really call it a war, but there was a, a, a global discussion last year uh, on whether or not burlesque is sex work. And it just kind of boils down to if you're not willing to take the um, criticism and abuse that full service sex workers take um, and, you know, put down that fourth wall because there, in burlesque, there's the privilege of you're naked on stage, but once you're back in the crowd, you're wearing clothing. Whereas people who work in gentlemen's clubs, strip clubs, or do full service work mm -hmm. don't have that privilege of um, almost having a bubble around you. Right. Yeah. Um, so if, and there, there are a lot of people who do both. Um, right. But and there are also people who, you know, are very opposed to the association of the two. So it's um, it's important to be to recognize the difference between being an ally and being included in the label. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what it boils down to. So. Wow. That's all right. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Come see all my shows. Heck yeah, we'll make... Yeah, I'm definitely going. <laughs> Once again, let's plug those yes. one more time. Uh, so I have a lot of stuff that I'm going to be in. Uh, the show that I'm producing is February 10th at Red Light Cafe. It's called Marion Friends Love is Love, an evening of queerlesque. I love that. Yeah. And then you're going to be in Boston. I'm what is that? In, yep. The the next morning. Oh, God. I fly to Boston. Oh, my, <laughs> oh, my hometown. Right. Yeah. I've never been before. I'm really excited. You're going to like it. Um, yeah. It's Northerners. Heard of the food's great. Yeah. 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 It's pretty good. Um, I definitely more into you downtown Boston for sure. Yeah. The Quincy Market right. has like all the old buildings. There's people that are dressed up as uh, Thomas Jefferson and... <laughs> Ben Franklin and yeah. That's cool. You know how that goes. Yeah. So I'll be in Boston for the Great Burlesque Exposition for two days. That's February 11th and 12th. And then I feel like I need my list of calendar dates in front of me. Um, I, I, everything can be found at themarystrawberry.com. All right, we're definitely going there. Yes. Beautiful website, by the way. Thank you. Did you make it yourself? I did. Ooh. <laughs> and then in March, March 18th is the Sex Ed Burlesque show at Shakespeare Tavern. And uh, Betty Bullet is the producer on that one. And don't forget, you can actually totally like Mary on Facebook. Most of our initial communication was actually through the fan page. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. 
Well, I think that's good to wrap up the show. Sure. Right. And don't forget to subscribe to us. We're on pretty much any website where you can find podcasts or on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, all that stuff. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, it is fantastic. That's one of the best ways to help us. And an even better way to boost our visibility is to give us a nice little review. Say some nice things about us because we are pretty and nice. And we love you. And our website is ydkmpodcast.com. And we're ydkm podcast on just about every social media site. We're yep. on Tumblr. We got a Twitter. Instagram's our most active one. Book of Faces. Oh, the Book of Faces. Absolutely. And on that note, I'm your host, Medusa. I'm your co-host, Tink. And I'm Mary Strawberry, and you know me a little better now. (laughs) 